This is Adrian Duke, and this room sounds great. You know, there's pianos that are instruments and pianos that are furniture. But he said, it really seems like you know what you're doing. That's, that's the best they could do. I always get, seem to get hired when, when somebody famous cancels at the last minute. We did the uh, it was a concert for the Queen of England. Our guitar player that doesn't like to be named, we just call him Barnabas Mintar. Well, howdy do, everybody. This is Reese Williams. This room sounds great. The Shaco Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And right now I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Adrian Duke. Hello. Hello. I've been looking forward to hearing your speaking voice. Oh, this is very good to be here. <laughs> it's very good to hear you. <laughs> so in doing my research, in in looking you up online, Number one, your YouTube videos with the little cartoon guy playing piano in the tip jar is adorable. <laughs> is that an illustration that you did? Oh, wow. I can't even remember. I can't remember. Oh, uh, it's, it's the cutest little cartoon of a guy on a piano, and he has a tip jar. I've got to show you. This is adorable. And then I also noticed at the top of your Facebook page, you have a quote from Hugh Laurie. Oh yeah, that was, that was the uh, it was the funniest thing that happened. So I please I used tell it. me, please tell me the story. I have been watching Hugh Laurie since uh, Black Adder, a bit of Fry and Laurie, just all that good stuff. And then he hit the scene here uh, with House, where yeah. of course he doesn't have a British accent, and it just cracked me up that everybody thought he was this new actor on the scene, and he's been doing it for decades. So tell me the story. Well, he was being interviewed, I think, in Entertainment Weekly, or uh, I can't remember what magazine it was. He was being interviewed, and they asked him, what are you listening to? And that was the one thing that he... It was... And it was like this live thing that I put out a long time ago that uh, I wasn't very pleased with. And uh, he, it was this, I, I kind of reevaluated my thinking of that, uh, but uh, he, he chose the one thing that I would have been a little squeamish about, but he loved it. And so I... And I'm, he has great I'm, taste. Yeah. You know, he plays the piano. He's incredibly talented yeah. himself. Oh, yes. Yeah. I do know that when I hear your voice and I see you, <laughs> there's there's just an ever so slight disconnect. You have the this incredible bone structure, um, almost this catalog model look. And then you have this powerful, soulful sound. I mean, were you a little kid running around singing with that deep voice? <laughs> no, I, I did not. I did not sing until I found out that I needed to in order to make a living. Uh-huh. I, I, was a, I was just a piano player, uh-huh. and uh, I found out very quickly that there was no cash flow for just being an instrumentalist. Wow! And, and so I, I kind of, uh, I always wanted to, but I, I, I'm a very shy by nature, and didn't start off doing that. So if I, I've got you up on Spotify. What's a What's a good track that depicts you? What's one that um, jumps out for you? I like, uh, yeah, I'm really was really pleased with Kid Charlemagne. Okay, we'll we'll cue that one up. Let's give everybody a little taste.
I got I got uh, paid a little bit to, for the. They put it in a movie called The Last Punch that completely flopped. Oh. It, it never, never made it out of the uh, the uh, festival circuit, and oh. uh, you can't, I can't, I never, I couldn't even get a copy of it. But uh, are you serious? But it, but it was uh, featured in that uh, that movie for a second. I thought that I would have something that I could uh, have uh, on DVD. But do you think there's a black market DVD somewhere? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the director has one. I'm sure, maybe. Now, who are you going to have with you when you're here for Shaco Sessions Live on the 19th? I'm going to have pretty much my whole band minus, we're not going to do a horn section. Okay, okay. We're going to... Uh, Scale it back just a pinch. Yeah, just the, the we don't want horns blowing that air <laughs> everywhere in the room. Uh, just wanted to be a little, little cautious, but uh, I have uh, Marcus Parker on drums, who's a, he's a Richmond guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Foster is going to play bass. He's lives in I Baltimore. I know him. Mm-hmm. And uh, our guitar player that doesn't like to be named, we just call him Barnabas Mintar. <laughs> He's a very private person. Okay. I uh, got a sax player named Will Tench, who's from D.C. area. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I'm going around the round. <laughs> but my, my, my special guest is I have a vocalist. I really wish you heard her voice mm. on that recording. Miss um, Teresa Richmond. Teresa She's Richmond. out of Baltimore. She's amazing. Now, are you from Richmond? Yes. Oh, right on. Yeah. Born and raised like a I native? Was. Oh, yes. Wow. So you're the perfect person to ask, you know, in in the years that you've been doing this, what what's your favorite thing about the Richmond music scene? Probably, I'd say, before COVID when things were thriving mm-hmm. and hustling. <laughs> what what do you, you know, versus playing other cities or knowing? Oh, knowing- uh, everything would come in. Come and go, but Richmond has, I think, done very well. I mean, it, it was actually I'm old enough, just old enough to remember when there actually was a vibrant music scene in the mm. old sense of that, where multiple band where you played every night, and uh, there, used, there used to be when there were clubs and people came, and um, that kind of tapered off uh, uh, by the end of the '90s or, okay. or coming out of the '90s. And it was but, more rock then, right? Like from what I understand, it was a lot more sort oh, yeah, of there, heavy there music. Some, right, right, and, there mm-hmm. was there was uh, there was money in, in country. That's where you could make your living. Mm-hmm. But uh, but now, nowadays, uh, I've been living around a bit. Uh, some in North Carolina, and I'm in Charlottesville right now. Oh yeah, it's but, beautiful. Uh, did you drive all the way from there this evening? Oh yeah, but I I, okay. I, I, I dovetail some business into it. Gotcha. Uh, so like, and so maybe I could ask delicately, what it, what what are maybe some of your least favorite things about the Richmond music scene? Is there anything you wish it had more of or less of? Or I guess I I I, I do miss just the size of it, and it's it, it's just it's just the way music is now. I I can't change it by feeling bad about it, but just the. Uh, the sheer scope of it is diminished over the over the decades. It gets smaller and smaller, and I'm, I wonder where it's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, that concerns me, but um, but the, but it's still it's not dead. It's, no, uh, yeah, not it's, one uh, bit. Uh, We're yeah, proof of still, that. What uh, other cities do you like as as far as music scenes? I, I don't know if I if it's a great scene or just I do really well in Durham for some reason. Okay, and okay. So I, I have to mention that they that, love uh, me in Durham. Uh, yes, I, I I can. It's no problem. Filling a club in Durham huh. for some reason. It's a, more of like a blues scene, I guess. Well, it's and funny. One of the questions that I have asked bands before is where in the world are you most popular or most you know, beloved? Because every now and again, you have a David Hasselhoff who is beloved in Germany or mm-hmm. you know, a random band that's in Scandinavia, just a god. And so that's funny. Durham is yours. Well, before music was free, um, I did... 
I did a lot of Eastern European sales. Oh. But uh, Estonia? But, do they uh, do they love you in Estonia? I don't. I don't know. I, unrecognizable countries. <laughs> yeah. Ever since uh, you really pay for music the way you used to, uh, that it, it may still be there, but I'm unaware of it. Now, do you have a new project or new album coming out, or what are you yeah. playing for? Yes, I, I do. I, I, I hope to. Uh, of course, we haven't uh, played this stuff for getting close to a year. That was going to be my next question: Is yeah. what's the landscape been like for you since but, COVID? Uh, but I've, I've, I'm sending out feelers to the guys and saying, "Can we do this?" Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll we'll find out. I I have a new uh, project. I'm not sure if I'll ever get any actual CDs made up, mm-hmm. but I, but I have a recording project that's pretty much wrapped up. I just got to get it mastered and okay, and decide, decide when to when to release it. But I'm looking forward to trying some of the stuff. Yeah, we'll be yeah. your guinea pigs. And what inspired the material for the new album? What are, what are your inspirations and your, like, how 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 do your messages come through to you? Well, I guess in, in this instance, it was a specific way um, as an experiment because I, I, everything, was, as a piano player, I noticed everything I was doing was getting more complex and more complex. And so then I... I, as an experiment, I started writing on guitar. Whoa, which, working uh, a totally different part of your I'm, brain. Yeah, I'm very limited on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I have to keep it very simple. And all the songs, although they got a little complicated, I admit, eventually, <laughs> once I started integrating them in other instruments, but uh, but it all started very simply. And that, that was uh, it was an experiment that worked out. Mm-hmm. What kind of music do you love? Like what what feeds your your music soul? Any like the, the the early early soul music, Ray Charles or Ruth Franklin is where, and uh, and also the New Orleans masters like Dr. John and mm-hmm. Professor Longhair, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where my interests lie. Uh, I mean, I, I almost have to, for me to actually enjoy music without analyzing it, I have to get far afield from, and it's like, and I'll I'll like listen to like Kate Bush or something to uh it's so interesting you say that we had Dr. Weldon Hill who's a piano oh, we, player uh, amazing uh, and he has several degrees and a PhD you know all the all this education in music and I actually asked him that when we were in Chaco Sessions live I said are you able to turn it off when you listen to music and he said he is at this point uh but I imagine yeah, for some people, whatever their expertise is, whether it's cooking, you can't eat a meal the same way, whether, you know, whatever it is, when you know too much, it's difficult to just get back to that basic enjoyment sometimes. Um, so it yeah. sounds like you have to sort of shift gears a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you have to have enough decades go by and then you can listen to a Stevie Wonder song and enjoy it just the same way you did when you were 15. Mm-hmm. Any guilty pleasures? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I'm usually listening to... Uh, what my wife, whatever my wife's into mm-hmm. at the time, I mean, and, and I never really pay attention to. Uh, so I, I am listening to uh, uh, new stuff that she uh, she likes. It. She she does not care for. I think she respects me, <laughs> but but the the uh, it's just not her bag. Isn't that, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not, not really the, the kind of the New Orleans blues mm-hmm. thing that I do. It's, it's uh, to her. I think it all sounds like saloon music to her. So it's my I give a guilty pleasure. I guess it's I, I can uh, experiment with the uh, and trying to enjoy what she's really into. Is she top forty? No, she like she likes some um, like 
little tiny guys with guitars, acoustic guitars. Like an Ed Sheeran kind of thing? Or? Yeah, maybe, maybe okay. yeah, something Jason like that. Jason Mraz. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, she, I mean, she, 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 uh, she would be into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I can't, I can't compete with that. I just, even when I, even if I play guitar. I was going to say, I, she's I, waiting on you to get yeah, better so that you'll serenade yeah, her. No, it, uh, it just doesn't work. Just for me, it'll <laughs> never work that way. <laughs> but I like that you say, she respects me. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think as an, as a, as an artist, she uh, respects what I do. The, that's what my, my father used to tell me is I, he was a really into opera and that's all, that was his world. And but he said, it really seems like you know what you're doing. That's, that's the best they could do. But, but it really seems. <laughs> Thanks for your support, Pop. <laughs> do you have any, uh, are, are you a, are you a left brain man? Like, do you have any uh, hobbies or interests that sort of influence what you do? Oh, I don't know if they, uh, I, uh, I'm trying to think of what to share, but uh, I, <laughs> I've got into, into painting as a as a as a counterbalance what style oh just uh really fast landscapes mm-hmm. and uh oil acrylic yeah, yeah oil. oil oil because it's because it's, because it's messy i was just like, yeah that is a tough one it's not very forgiving yeah oh yeah but it, 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 it don't i don't do anything difficult it's just i do things therapeutic <laughs> yeah i mean i i went to school for textile design i can't paint anything that's supposed to look real but i like patterns and geometric shapes and abstract and so i love the feeling of the paint across the canvas that's all i love having it up and down my arms and on my overalls and just the experience of it mm. i really don't care what comes out but you're just sort of in the moment of of doing it <laughs> yeah i i stop when it, when i get canvases stacked up way too way too high and, and and until we can get rid of some i stop uh and and pause put the kibosh yeah. now your affinity for new orleans do you spend a lot of time there or have you spent a lot of time there i've spent a good bit of uh of time but not, i mean i wasn't raised there or um never got a chance to do very much studying there but uh but i certainly am a student of uh, new orleans piano have you traveled internationally for to perform or just in the u.s Oh, just I mean, U.S. and Canada, and mm-hmm. just uh, on the on the continent. The shelf, yeah, just the shelf so far. Yeah, <laughs> what's been your most memorable performance? What makes a performance memorable for you? Like when you're getting into it? Oh, uh, I don't know if that's tangible. Uh, I think <laughs> more about the band or yeah. the audience or both. I guess I I always get, seem to get hired when when somebody famous cancels at the last minute, <laughs> or or they want. <laughs> Or they don't have the money, like especially if if they want America the Beautiful, they want Ray Charles, but they're not going to get him. Mm-hmm. You I mean, are I, the I, best Plan I, B out there. Yeah, I I really enjoy doing those big profile gigs where there's a uh, like there's a like an orchestra or a huge band. That, that, yeah, things like that happen every now and then. They're really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the. Uh, in Richmond, we did the uh, it was a concert for the Queen of England, <gasps> and uh, and that was exactly my end. Is that it was too late to get somebody, and so that's incredible. So we, we, and that that was a that was very enjoyable in person streaming. What what how what was oh, oh no this is this was a years this was years ago oh, when when she came to she came to Virginia and visited the Capitol and it was at the they just put a stage right on the Capitol grounds. And, what did you uh, sing? Oh. Uh, couple of tunes from uh my first cd and then america the beautiful 
Oh, big. And but she was she's way she's like a pink dot way in the background. Right. right. So, did you at least see the glove wave? <laughs> we did see some waving. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That is fantastic. Yeah, I was just about, I was going to ask the landscape of COVID. Are, are you at least able to rehearse? And I mean, you had, you had the album project going on, so at mm -hmm. least you were. Yeah, it, all the recording had been done. Mm -hmm. So all the, all the get, uh, I've been getting tracks. So we did, we did a little bit of a virtual recording where uh, somebody would send me some tracks from a different state there. But uh, fortunately, the, all the rhythm section tracks had already, already been done before COVID came. But it really, it definitely slowed the process down. Yeah. Yeah, we've been hearing it's quite common uh, with a lot of people who are putting out new tracks or albums that everybody's recorded things sort of in a silo. And for some bands, it's actually worked to their advantage. Some, you know, they really miss having everybody cohesively together. But um, you just kind of have to roll with it. I mean. Yeah, find a different way. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, with the Shaco Sessions Live, we've got a platform that gives people at least an evening of of that, some semblance of it. Yeah, I, I know my uh, some of my guys are really looking forward to it because we, as as uh, the date comes closer, uh, of course, all the other scheduled events get canceled, oh. and and this is the the one thing that's not canceled. So no, so it's like no. they're, they're, they're very happy about it. We're great so far. You know, knock on all the wood that's yeah. around. I mean, we're we take great precautions, you know, so nobody on the staff that I know of has, we've been good so far. Yeah. So we'd like to keep it that way. Um, do you have a good story of, of a piano that you've played or what was the first piano you had? Oh, I, well, take us, take us back I to the beginnings a, of Adrian. I think a good, uh, it was, it was, a, I'm trying to remember what the, the theater that was used to be the mosque is now called. Oh, now it, it's either the Carpenter or the Altria. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember it. Uh, mm -hmm. But back when it was the mosque, Ray Charles uh, was playing there, and uh, I kind of wrangled. I, I knew people in the in the uh, had to do with the production, and I just I was I was just wanted to be there. I didn't I didn't um, meet him or anything. Sure, uh, but uh, but they some, they needed a soundtrack as piano and. I said, go out there. And, and I was like, and I was playing it. And uh, it shows you how bright I am. I was playing it. And then all of a sudden, the, the lights just go completely out. They flicker and come back up. It's very distracting. And for, for a hot second, I was thinking, what if that happens to... <laughs> Yeah. Why did the lights I, go out on Ray Charles? My mind went there. Where, but it was a nice. It was a, it was a nice Steinway. Yeah. Wow. What was your first piano? That was a Yamaha Upright. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have the. I took the middle C out of it when it died, oh. and still have it on the wall. Yeah. So there's there's so pianos can bite the dust completely and not be. I think yeah. If if oh. if, if it's if it's. Uh, you know, there's pianos that are instruments and pianos that are furniture. And I think if you're poor, you have a piano that's furniture. And I find myself, I've gone through many Yamaha uprights. I've that, never that, heard that. That's fantastic. I think I, I, I had a, uh, a real piano that was an instrument at one time, uh, a grand. And then I moved back to town and I, I had to scale down my rig. Uh, but, uh, I'm back to uh, using a Yamaha upright. Are you really? Yes. Okay. Yes. Banging on the furniture. 
(laughs) (laughs) So you didn't actually get to meet Ray Charles. Have there been other celebrities that you were this close to meeting or... I'll see. You brushed elbows with anybody like that you were just in awe of? I've never really been one to collect those things, but I have like... Well, uh, now's your opportunity. I mean, I have... Um, because I used to be friends with the, the concert series out of Innsbruck. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. used to be really tight with the guy that was involved with booking it. And mm-hmm. and they were always at the last minute. They were really bad about having opening acts where they would, at the last minute, they would just say, tomorrow... Do you want to come open up for Chicago wow. or something? And so every act that you can think, every nostalgia act you can think of, I was very lucky to be able to, to either open or, or, or if you meet, meet them. But yeah, there, there's, if, if you, you name it, if it was a nostalgia act, mm-hmm. um, um, it, came, it came through town. Uh, I had a shot at opening. Adrian was Duke the, was there. Yeah, yes. Is that your the, given name? Yes. It's such yeah. a great name. Oh, that's what I remember. I had an agent once tell me, don't change it. No. Have you achieved what you want to as a musician? Do you still? I mean, oh God, no. Okay. That's a, a, What's going like, to be success for you? Success. I guess it 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 changes over time. Uh, and one time it used to be uh, sounding really good, and or being really good at a particular thing, or uh, featuring being able to feature myself in a certain way, and it kind of gets to the point now where. Success would be to write one good song. That that's the measuring stick at the moment. And wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Write one good song. So you've written so many, and they're fantastic. So you do you mean that has commercial success? Or oh no, that, <laughs> I don't. Maybe I'm saying that Hollywood like my wife. Hollywood like it. <laughs> but but, uh, but, uh, but no, just something that stands on its own. It's not a. It's not a vehicle for me. To, to shine, but just as a, as a song that stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what vein would it be in? Would it be just what you're doing or? Oh, it could be. I mean, you're I, open. I, yeah. It could be, I'll take it however it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what has your, what is your history with in your ear studio been? Oh, I, I guess I've known Carlos a long time. And of course, Robin Thompson, new mm-hmm. hair. But I probably the, the most fun I ever had here was. I don't know if you're you uh, are you hip to Samson Trin? No, uh, go on. He is he is a uh, composer arranger. He used to do these massive projects, and we did basically we had this like thirty piece band, and he and I arranged Abbey Road for a giant ensemble. I I helped a little bit, but it was his thing. He did he did most of it, and he. Secured financing for it, and we recorded it here. Wow! How long uh, ago was that? I don't know. I I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't even guess because I'll get I'll get it wrong. I'm horrible with dates. <laughs> you know what a date is. But it's uh, it's at least a decade ago, and it was to doing the concerts to promote it and and to do the recording here was that's probably the most fun I've had here. What an Be, undertaking! Being able to sing those classic songs in a studio setting. Um, it was really it was a electric, it was a, it was one of the few times it's been electric in the studio wow. rather than rather than being uh painful mm-hmm. why why would it why every time in the studio be painful oh because it's you know, it's it's you want things to be natural and good and and uh and so it's always degrees falling short by certain degrees mm-hmm. and that was probably the one time where it didn't seem to fall short oh, I love it 
Yeah. What was your first piece of music that you ever owned? Oh, it was a uh, Elvis Presley Golden Hits. What format? It was on. It was a. It was an LP. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was. It could have gone either way. I was either going to Elton John or or Elvis. Ooh. I didn't know. So we're talking what seventies? Uh, yeah, we're talking early early seventies. And uh, because we, we came from an, an all classical household, we've well, got the opera. But, 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 mm-hmm. I knew, but I knew about Elvis Presley, and so that's why I went with it. But uh, well, after that, I got my first transistor radio, and I heard the first rock song I ever heard was much later than you'd think. It was uh, it was Elton John, his version of Pinball Wizard, Ooh. and I, that got my attention. And so that was I'm, from I'm Tommy, wondering. I think, wasn't yes, it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's a great and, uh, one. But uh, but if if we could have gone the other direction, I would have gotten Elton John earlier. <laughs> but I, but I went with Elvis because I it was it was the, I knew who he was, and that's why your dad was worried. Yeah. <laughs> because he bought Elvis. He's listening to opera at home, and you come home with the the gyrating pop star. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! How do you spend your free time with your lovely bride? Oh well, we have a twelve-year-old girl that oh, takes said. up okay. that, that's you have much. a tween at home yes that's all we need to know is she musically inclined she loves to play and i i give her access to all instruments she has one of everything she will rarely will take instruction she'll teach herself through youtube okay or she'll learn it by ear and then at the very last resort she'll ask me to get her over the hump of something that she she is not getting. And as soon as she gets it, I'm shut out again. Do you get nervous when you play, or have you been doing it so long that you just get excited, you can't wait to do it? I guess uh, the only time I ever, uh, I, I was uh, back when I was in college, I was putting myself through college playing in country bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one of the guys in one of our bands, his, uh, his father was famous. His father was Charlie Waller, who is a famous bluegrass player and so we had this weird connection um through the back door and we a couple of times we did this thing where at the grand Ole opry where they these these uh big shows of multiple artists and we'd be there just in case somebody's flight didn't make it we'd do a set they wouldn't they wouldn't put on air right at least we'd play something for the crowd and and we and we never actually did ever play a song, be a couple of close calls. And the reason I remember it is, is that I don't know if you've seen the new, the current Opry building is enormous Mm -hmm. and there's people, basically people to the sky. Mm -hmm. I was very, I was a jaded young man (laughs) and I wasn't grateful for the opportunity, but when all all of a sudden we were put on stage, I had to walk out on that stage and my, my stomach dropped i bet and that, that, I, that was a, that was the that was a good good moment to teach me I some bet. humility yeah but what kind of country were you playing in college was it traditional country or crossover country it was whatever was danceable yeah it, it was it yeah. was it was the uh the line dancing craze mm. that, i mean mm-hmm. there was a good good chunk of time there that that you could support yourself really well mm-hmm. just traveling tra- traveling and not even not even going outside the, you know, within the tri-state area, you know, not, do, not having to go too far, and you could make a 
good living. Yeah, the crossover was funny. In the early 90s, I worked in a warehouse and the manager wanted to play country. And I was sort of a pop, you know, rock uh, alternative kind of gal. And I would complain and he said, it's either this or silence. And I did not want to work in this huge warehouse with nine other people in silence. And I said, oh, country's fine. And it was that crossover time. So the Shania, the Garth, but it opened up a new audience in a lot of ways. And it's fun. It was just fun. The first guy, before he was famous, we used to open up for like Garth Brooks when he was playing playing clubs and stuff. And that was the first time where I actually was impressed with somebody in that in the the new mm. uh, the new artists that mm-hmm. were coming out I, I really uh was impressed with what he could do mm-hmm. yeah it's nice when you hear from someone behind the scenes that they are talented and hard yeah, workers and- yeah <laughs> and he, and he was he was genuinely that nice nice person which was that's unusual mm-hmm. usually usually you get great stories about how crazy <laughs> and horrible people are all right well we are excited to see you on january 19th that is for sure uh, and of course tune in every tuesday 7 for shaco sessions live thank you good sir we can't wait to see you Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like us, follow us, and subscribe to us on all the usual suspects. And also be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. to Shaco Sessions Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. That's a wrap.